Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans. I'm Joel. I'm Kim. And today we are previewing the Cincinnati Western and Southern Open draws in New York. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I genuinely don't know what we should be calling this tournament, Kim. Is it the Cincinnati Western and Southern Open? Is it just the Cincinnati Open? Is it Cincinnati, New York? I really, it's really been a question that's bugging me all week. It is a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> what is the official way of well, ta- calling this tournament? I guess we should just call it the Western and Southern Open because, it, you know, the location's just screwed up really this year, isn't it? But I mean, if anyone's not really au fait with US geography, they probably wouldn't know either way, um, <laughs> you know, if you didn't know where Cincinnati was in relation to New York. But let's let's just call it Western and Southern, maybe. <laughs> I quite like the idea of maybe every time I, I want to call it Cincinnati Open, but I'm, every time I do it, I'm just going to have like inverted commas. I'm going to go cincinnati open just to like make sure everyone's like aware it's not actually in cincinnati but that doesn't really work for a podcast so joel no one can see <laughs> you like with your inverted commas like <laughs> over audio but yes ma- major caveat i suppose every time we say cincy but you know <laughs> listeners you know what we mean um but yeah what, what do you make of it so far like we had all the players you know been arriving mm. there and you know they've all been posting pictures of themselves flying off to you know the u.s and We've heard from some of the players like that are in the hotel, in the bubble, they're having their tests. It seems to be going quite smoothly so far. I mean, we've had one um, a non-player test positive, but that was the only positive test, I think, out of everyone, which is fairly good going, I suppose. Yeah, they. I think what the it's a Marriott hotel in Long Island. It's forty-five, fifty minutes from the site. This is not in like centre of Manhattan, downtown Manhattan. It's very you know isolated and out of kind of central all the hubbub of of you know capital city so i think they've been able to kind of obviously be in control and have a really good setup and yeah it's just fascinating to see all the players kind of put it out on kind of social media i see that there's a basketball arcade style game in there in a games room i I think there is which looks really fun and yeah i think the players are kind of warming to it I know it's probably very novel and, you know, the fact that it's probably a, it's obviously a first time experience for all of these players. So I think they're kind of just kind of taking it in and, and seeing how it goes. But yeah, it seems to be that the, the players are, you know, getting themselves bedded in and, uh, you know, they're, they're happy with how it's going at the moment. Yeah. Although one player that's not, uh, you know, getting himself bedded in at the hotel is is Novak because he's opted for a private house, uh, which at first I was like, I didn't know you could do that. But um, it is a thing. It is allowed as long as you rent it through the USTA. 
Um, so it's all like official. And I think the stipulation is that you have to pay for your own 24 hour security um, and any kind of costs associated with that. Um, and obviously you can't have guests coming to the property that, you know, aren't part of your approved entourage. So, um, yeah, Novak kind of came out and said um, he just couldn't cope, basically, being holed up in this hotel and he needs his, <laughs> his space, his greenery. So he's opted mm. for a private um, a private home, which I guess, you know, to me, it's all very well for Novak to do that. You know, he's got the money to, to pay for all the security and associated costs. But, you know, it, it does just bring up again the contrast between like the top privileged players and those that you know would love to have maybe like a private house but you know having to just go along with the bubble and and the hotel yeah because it's funny because like Andy Murray you would have thought could he could have afforded a a house to put himself up in but he's he's gone for the hotel uh, approach and you know I've not really seen actually apart from Novak Djokovic you know he was very kind of keen you know in order for him to play at the US Open you know it felt like one of his stipulations was look if I'm going to play it I don't want to be in a hotel I want to be in my own uh, property but it feels like you know on again on social media I'm only really seeing him in this setup at the moment and um you know if I was in that situation I don't know I've, if it was me I feel like I'd get a bit of FOMO I'd get a bit of fear of missing out of the fact that you know all my fellow players um you know seem to be having a you know a good time in sort of a almost kind of like a campus kind of village you know yeah, like I mean, a it's Olympics like university accommodations yeah. are like halls like <laughs> dorm rooms that, that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting I'm sure it's a bit nicer than that but um you know if it's a Marriott hotel but yeah it seems like a lot of the players on site as well are you know kind of reporting back that they quite like the space you know they've got the whole US Open complex basically to themselves there's no fans getting in the way or journalists like bugging them you know it, it must be quite a a weird but perhaps you know quite peaceful environment for them to just get on with it and and focus on tennis it's it is genuinely it feels like right the us open without all these kind of distractions going on it is a place of work and that place of work is is playing tennis and it's you know it's it's just funny to see because it's like a kid in the candy store these tennis players have the you know the the us open site to themselves it's a big site there's lots of space about and um yeah they can just kind of go about their their business and and one of the things i really love seeing is uh they've used arthur ash all the all the posh seats game all of the uh all of the boxes they've given them to seeded players so that um i so i think one of the reasons is so the locker room isn't so overcrowded the seeded players can actually have their own kind of locker space in the you know in like the the the, the fancy suites on on arthur ash yeah because they're not using arthur ash for um cincinnati new york western southern open um they are just <laughs> using grandstand as, as their main court so uh will be slightly different when we start watching from tomorrow when it's uh all the actions on Prime. Um, but yes, talking about seeded players, Joel, let's get on to discuss the draws, which were released yesterday. Uh, very exciting. We've got a Masters series. You know, we've got like <laughs> oh a, I know, a joint, you know, tournament. It's all happening. Uh, it's kind of, it really does feel like the start of, of tennis again. I know we've had a few tournaments here or there and, and lots of exhibitions, but this really does feel like the real deal. Um, almost like going into the week before the AO when, you know, we have no expectations. Um, players have had a long period off. No one really has much form going into it. Some players haven't played at all. Some have been playing quite a lot. But whether you can take much from exhibition tennis to the real thing is, is another matter. Um, let's start with the men's side of things because I guess, you know, we've got 
a lot of people, well, I say a lot of players not there. Roger and Rafa, they're not there. We know that. Other players like Stan are not there. You know, Monfils has pulled out. But we do have, obviously, Novak Djokovic, who I I still, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the draw in a second, but, you know, I still am putting him as the overwhelming favourite for the tournament because, you know, he actually hasn't lost a match this year and he's on a quest to actually become, I think, the first player to have won all the Masters Series events um, at least twice, which would be a crazy, a crazy feat for him to achieve should he win uh, next week. Yeah, I think Djokovic, you have to say Djokovic is the favourite. I don't think he needs, you know, matches to, um, you know, put himself in that position. You can just get on a court and kind of go about, um, you know, his business. And it feels like the, you know, his kind of projected pathway and his his draw particularly, it seems quite, um, it seems quite comfortable. I think earlier on, I think what he's got, uh, he could have um, a qualifier uh, or Tommy Paul, I think, as his first match back. So quite a nice kind of loosener. Um, and yeah, kind of, you know, he could face Daniel Medvedev um, in the semifinals, which would be interesting because I think they played each other. Uh, I think they played each other last year, didn't they? And, and Medvedev won that. Um, but I think certainly, I think he's Djokovic has got some, you know, he's he's got that opportunity, I think, to just get on the court, have some match practice and get a bit sharper, get a bit more competitive before potentially he gets to kind of the business end of the tournament where he's coming up um, against, you know, against kind of the seeded players. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like you said, he doesn't really need practice, does he, to, to kind of go and win a tournament. And I, I interestingly, he said he'd, um, you know, because he did test positive for COVID and he didn't really have many symptoms, but he said he's he's had a CT scan since. He's been doing all these tests to, to check that he's, you know, completely fine and virus free, which which he is. But um, he's obviously, you know, been very conscious in that regard since since the whole like, Adria tour thing. Um, I think, yeah, his first kind of, big match I suppose he could be facing Felix Ojeanisim uh in the round of 16 and then he I mean after that he's he's got probably David Goffin if the seedings go to plan or potentially like Denis Shapovalov so you know possibly some tricky matches in there but it's just yeah it's difficult to, it's just so difficult to look beyond Novak isn't it I mean Medvedev He's let's talk about Medvedev because we we haven't even talked about Medvedev at all. Like he's well, been very he's been silent. so quiet, hasn't he? He's mm. been he's been like hibernation, hasn't he? Over a lockdown, yeah. he was just like you know. I think like a week ago we saw a photo of him at the airport um, getting on a getting on a plane, and it was like oh oh yeah, Medvedev, and yeah, he 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 exists, and um, yeah, he's one of the favourites. I mean, he won this tournament last year and you know we talk about uh you know the american hardcore season last year i mean that was pretty much the summer of daniel medvedev wasn't it he, he went mm, on an absolutely totally. the great great run of form i think he won i think he won 20 of 23 matches um and you know we all remember that final in the us open against nadal uh which we stayed up to you know the graveyard hours to, to watch but um you know cincinnati for him is a tournament he'll have fond memories of he won it last year i think he beat goffan you know in the final and yeah he will be looking to i think rediscover that form of of last summer because i think it's fair to say before lockdown he wasn't really in the the best run of form was he no, he fell, I think, in the fourth round of the AO and, and kind of the end of last year. You know, he had a string of losses.
performances, but I think we kind of attributed mm. that to, you know, the fact that he must have been really burnt out from his amazing <laughs> summer. So whether he can recreate the form from last summer is, is another thing. I mean, maybe just stepping back into North American hardcourts, he might might give him the vibes and the energy from last year. But um, yeah, I think I don't expect him to recapture that form, but you know, uh, we will see. I think, well, I just think, you know, I mean, it was so unexpected last year. And I think whether he could have done that, you know, even despite coronavirus and and the lockdown, whether he would have gone on that kind of rampage again, I I don't know. But um, he does have quite a lot of qualifiers in his section. So he looks like a fairly like, simple draw um until he potentially gets to i think roberto bautista agut would be his seeded player in the quarters um he could face catching off though um before that but yeah i mean it, 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 a semi with novak would be interesting i think it would be that would be a really good um test i think of both of their form um if if they could both get through to to kind of their seeding um i mean if we look at the lower half of the draw um the third quarter which I guess is headlined by Sitsipas. Um, this is kind of, I think, a bit more of a field part of the draw because you've got um, potential upsets. You've got players that can, you know, massive, dominant, big serving players that could just kind of take out the sort of higher seeded players. So you've got Sitsipas in there. I think Berrettini's flying around. Uh, Schwartzman, you've got Isner, Anderson, Apelka. I mean, Edmund's in this section. So I don't think there's anyone that's really obviously springing out for me to kind of come through this quarter particularly. Yeah, I think if there's any uh, case for a surprise uh, semi-finalist, I think it's going to come... Uh, you know, from this uh, from this quarter, because as you said, there's it feels like there's a lot of dangerous dangerous floaters about people who've gone far uh, at Grand Slams, got to Grand Slam finals, um, and um, yeah, it feels like this is definitely like wide open. And I just kind of think if you actually compare the top half of the draw to the bottom half, I think you know if you're in the top half, I think it looks a lot less complicated than the bottom half because the bottom half does feel a bit more fraught with danger. Yeah, if we go to the the final bit of the of the draw as well, we've got Dominic Team um, heading up that bit, which we know Team has played a lot of tennis. Uh, he's probably <laughs> had the most matches during the lockdown, <laughs> uh, playing all the exhibitions. But he, um, I mean, his seeded quarterfinalist would be Zverev. So you know, um, not not an easy one. Um, but he's also got, I mean, Andy Murray's in this section of the draw, um, which is exciting. I think team opens against uh, Krajanovic or a qualifier. So, I mean, fairly straightforward. Could be Grigor uh, in the third round. Um, so, you know, harking back to the Adria tour there. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's we've got Rublev flying around, TFO, Query. Like there's a lot of names. Um and I just think it's so hard to know, really, isn't it? Because there's literally nothing to go on. Um, although teams played a lot, it's exhibition stuff. It's not the same. You can't really transfer that onto the real thing. I I still think at the end of the day, you're going to see Dominic. You're going to see Dominic team um, get to. I think you get to uh, get to at least the semi-finals. I mean, we know he's. You know, we know that he's adapted his game. He's now a very credible threat on a, a hard court. You know, you just have to watch that match against uh, Nadal, where he came really, really close to upsetting him at the US Open. I think was that a year ago or two years ago? I but, think um, two years ago. I think that one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I think he's he's just gonna he's just gonna be a threat. And I yeah, I, I get I take your point on you know I don't think you can kind of expect to see how someone's going to do based on you know how they 
did over lockdown but the fact that he's been able to get in all this match practice where other players have kind of almost seen the lockdown as a training block uh, I do think that might give him an advantage particularly you know in the earlier rounds um, you know, against players who are literally going to be finding their their feet for the first time. Because we've got to remember, you know, this was not meant to be the first tournament back for you know, the ATP Tour. It was meant to be Washington. So, you know, the fact that this is the first tournament back is not, I think it's going to probably hinder quite a few players. Um, and even though it's kind of a Masters Series, it's, it's almost kind of a, a funny situation. But um, yeah, just a word on actually on, on Dimitrov, because there was a lot of kind of questions on whether he was actually going to take part because he still, I think feel it, he was still kind of feeling the the effects of uh, coronavirus that he contracted during the, uh, the Adria tour. But um, he is flying. He was, he flew out to New York yesterday, which has caused some controversy, I think on kind of social media, because I think the, the tournament says you have to be in the bubble for four days before um, you can kind of like, go on uh, a tennis court and play a match. Um, so, um, I mean, if if he's flying out yesterday and he didn't receive a buy at all in the draw, um, you know, is, is that being like, I mean, is he getting a special dispensation? Is it, it, it feels, it, I don't know if that's going to come up again, but um, I think that, that did raise an eyebrow to me in terms of, in terms of the bubble. And we spoke, I guess, previously about kind of bubbles having almost kind of being semi-permeable and, and having sort of, um, some degree of flexibility i don't know if that flexibility has been administered here well i mean he he has had covid so maybe there there's a slightly different rule if you've previously had it and and you know but i mean that you can get it twice so that that would seem a bit silly to to give dispensation to him for that but yeah i don't know i don't know how the timing of that's uh quite working out but <laughs> um he's supposed to be stepping on court against umber i think which is quite a tasty match in itself um it will be interesting to see how he does because he said he did say he was you know struggling a bit with um you know when he came back onto the court after covid so um it'll be quite interesting to see how he actually performs um, let's talk about british players joel um we've got hopefully four in the main draw um cam norrie is in qualies round two today playing against a Polish guy. I don't even want to try and say his name. I, I don't. I've never heard of him. He has a protected ranking, apparently. Camille. Oh, okay. Majrak. Um, but yeah, hopefully Cam can get through that one. He um, he beat Kukushkin in the first round of qualies yesterday. But we've got Dan Evans, Carl Evans, and Andy Murray uh, taking part for sure in the main draw. I have to say the draw has not been kind to any of them, um, in my opinion. We've got some tasty matches, though, as a result. We've got Dan Evans against Andre Rublev. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, and then the winner of that would then face Raonic or Sam Querrey. So, you know, if Dan Evans is going to come through this and and perform, you know, deep at this tournament, he's going to have to to go some, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's Evans Rublev because Rublev had a really good start to 2020. Yep. He was probably mm-hmm. one of the players. He was probably one of the players who didn't want the you know the the tour to stop when it did because yeah he was on a he was going through a purple patch. So I'm expecting him to kind of pick that back up and yeah that could be that could be a bit of a battle actually. Um, and just kind of looking, yeah, Edmund Edmund Anderson. I mean, Kim, we were there when they played each other at the Australian the Australian Open. I think both their matches. Um, I think both their matches have been at Grand Slams. They have, I think, I think so, yeah. 
Yeah. So, and I think they've both gone to five sets as well. I think it's one apiece. So again, that could be a battle. I don't, I feel like with Anderson, I know, you know, he's not played a lot of tennis recently, but uh, again, I feel like there's always kind of injury lingering concerns there. So I don't know how you expect him to be a hundred percent fit, but I'm, you know, I'm not, not totally sure. Um, But yeah, Murray, Murray TFO, I think for me is probably the most interesting one, but mainly because they haven't actually played each other before. And um, yeah, if Murray wins, he could face uh, Zverev, but I don't think you can take, you know, yes, Andy Murray is a great player and he's won Grand Sams and he's a former world number one, but I don't think you can take, you know, beating TFO for granted. We know TFO, you know, thrives on, uh, you know, on American hard court. Um, I think my question here is for looking at TFO is, I think he's one of those players who does more than a lot of players kind of thrive off, kind of the crowd and the energy that that brings so i just wonder how he's going to be able to adapt his game when he's not going to have any of that energy to feed off um i think that might give us uh an inkling in, in terms of which way that 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 match goes but i feel like it's a genuine it's like a 50 50 that could be mm-hmm. a 50 50 right there yeah, I think that's a fair assessment because, I mean, I don't really have any expectations for Andy. You know, he's he's got a wild card into this event. And yeah, first match up, Francis TFO, not easy. But if he wants to kind of get back up there, he's got to win these sorts of matches. So um, you might as well get on with it and, and have a go now. Um, but yes, I think some excellent first round matches have been thrown up by the draw. Top of my list is Rublev Evans, but we've also... I mean, we've got a few other ones. Shapov, oh gosh, I can't speak, Joel. Shapovalov, <laughs> oh my gosh, Shapovalov against Marin Cilic. Um, yeah, that's quite an interesting first round. Um, Benoit Pair against Borna Koric, quite a tasty one. Um, Schwartzman, Kasper Rud. I mean, there's a lot of interesting matches that are kind of thrown up by this. Um, and I mean, I'm just so excited to get deep into it. <laughs> Yeah, these are matches you... I mean, some of these matches are like opening round matches, but genuinely you could see them in like third, fourth rounds at Grand Slams. Mm. As you said, I think for me, again, I would highlight... I mean, Murray, TFO, I think is interesting for me because as I said, they haven't played before and I think that's an interesting matchup. But Shapovalov versus Chilich, that is a, an... Ex, I think that's an exciting one to, to keep an eye on um, because, uh, yeah, just very... Up and coming Shapovalov against uh, you know a very tried and tested player in in Chilich who you know is probably in the kind of the twilight of his his career now but certainly you know has been there done that and has the experience to um, you know the experience to you know take out someone like Shapovalov so you know I think that's a really interesting uh, matchup just kind of moving on quickly before we actually go on to the kind of the women's draw a bit of con- another bit of kind of news coming out this week um, about. Uh, Guido Peya, the uh, tennis player, and uh, is it Hugo? I think it's Hugo Delian. Um, the so they have been really, really unfortunate because they are at this moment in quarantine um, because uh, one of the one of their kind of team, uh, a non-player, uh, reported to be a Pella's physio, tested positive for coronavirus. So it means that they have now had to be put into isolation. And I mean, it completely throws up their whole, you know, adventure, their whole foray into into New York because, um, you know, with the US Open very imminent, um, and you know, apparently they have to be in quarantine for for fourteen days. It really does throw up their sort of involvement in at Flushing Meadows. 
Yeah, I think these are the sorts of awkward circumstances that a lot of players were, were very wary of. Um, and maybe, you know, part of the reason why some players have decided not to play um, because of the chance of, of this happening. You know, they've been removed from the tournament. But yeah, like, do they have to, you know, will they be able to play the US Open? Like, even if they both tested and, and it's negative, I mean, is that enough? Do you know what I mean? Like, there there are false negatives that you can get from tests and they've been in, in close and prolonged contact with um, the physio that tested positive. So these are the kind of um, intricate kind of situations that are arising from this. I mean, interestingly enough, um, according to a Spanish newspaper, uh, Novak was going around uh, trying to get uh, other players to ask for these two um, to be included in in the draw and not, you know, asking for them not to be removed, which, I mean, if that's true, that's just... You know, it does Novak still fully? I thought he would have fully grasped. It's not having your cake and eating it. Yeah, I think from what we're, I think what we're seeing is, I think there's going to be some degree of flexibility with regards to this bubble. Um, you know, whether that's coming from the players or whether that's coming from the officials. Now, how much flexibility is given? I think is kind of the big like the question at the moment and and maybe this situation will kind of kind of tell us because um you know because it, 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 it is a shame for the you know for them not to be able to kind of play but how it's like how you know how serious do you want to take you know how serious do you want to take this um and, and the other thing i would just kind of say is yes they're in quarantine but it's gonna it's gonna be unrealistic for you know for you know people to think okay they can come out of quarantine and then go play us open first round without any sort of practice or training going on so you know it's i yeah i feel like that situation still is developing but it'll be interesting to see what the what the outcome is and seeing if they get any dispensation but you know that could potentially put the the whole the whole tournament at risk well exactly i mean if if imagine if they were allowed to play and then they subsequently actually you know tested positive but um for now they are removed and that's that's as it is and another player that wasn't able to take part in cincinnati was kane shikori um he tested positive prior to traveling so he's he's stuck back in florida uh, doing his his isolation i think he's going to get another test i think today he said he was going to have an update on whether he'll be able to um, travel to New York eventually, you know, for the US Open. So still in some doubt whether he can actually play or not. I guess it all just depends. But yeah, he um, he tested positive. And I mean, I don't know who, what other players he would have been hanging around with uh, based in Florida before before this. But um, yes, that remains to be seen, Joel. Yes, uh, right. That kind of concludes uh, the men's preview uh, of, I'm just going to say, the Cincinnati Open um, <laughs> in New York. But yeah, join us after the break uh, as we'll be looking at the women's draw. See you in a minute. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is The Passing Shot and you're joined by Joel and Kim. And yeah, we're going to be moving on to the women's draw. I mean, it feels like similar to the men's side, there's a lot of kind of top players missing. Six of the WTA's top 10, uh, in fact, are absent uh, from the draw. But having said that, Kim, I mean, looking at it, it still feels like there's a lot of there's a lot of danger there. I mean, you've got Pushkova, Sabalenka, um, obviously Osaka, Madison Keys, Serena and Venus are there. It still feels like there's a lot of a winner could come from absolutely anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it just points to the depth of, of the women's game right now because although six of the top ten are missing, 
you wouldn't necessarily know from having looked at it because all of mm. these players, like there's so many tasty matches, there's so many like names that people know. There's, it's just, you know, it hasn't, for me, it hasn't ruined the enjoyment. Yes, I would love to see like Simona Halep and Ash Barcy there, but I'm still very, very excited about a lot of the um, matches that we're going to be seeing o- over the next week or, or hopefully potentially seeing. Um I mean, we can have a look at the draw kind of quarter by quarter. I mean, as a result of, of Barty and Halep not being there, Pliskova is now the number one seed, both here and and for the US Open. Um, obviously, she's been world number one before. She's been seeded number one, never won a Grand Slam, but she always seems to win the event before the Slam. So are you putting her as favourite for, for this event? I, I don't know. Um, she's gonna. She's got a fairly easy first round I want to say she opens against either Tom Janovic or Kudimatova um, and in her section she's got kind of Sabalenka Elise Mertens who you know recent finalist in Prague um, but yeah Sabalenka would be her quarter finalist uh, opponent but I don't know I, I'm not sure you know Pliskova yeah I think I could see her winning this event not so much the US Open um, despite many of her top you know fellow compa- opponents not not being there Um but this section of the draw, Joel, I think everyone's got their eyes on a certain Kim Clijsters because I know she's floating around in this section. I don't know how far she's going to go because although she's been doing well in world team tennis, she was part of the winning team, I think. Um, she's got Jennifer Brady in the first round. And I think this is actually the match from this section of the draw that I'm most intrigued by because Jennifer Brady on is a really good run of form. So, you know, what do you see happening in that match? This is the match of the, this is the match of both draws for me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm really excited to to watch this match because, you know, as you said, Kim Kleister's she looked like she was in good form at World Team Tennis. Yes, that is exhibition stuff. But um, you know, she was definitely um going toe to toe with uh, you know, top top 10 players so you know she seems to be in in good form uh but jennifer brady i mean she just kind of steamrolled uh lexington um you know she didn't i don't think she dropped a set uh she won 93 percent of her service games um on route to the title and yeah i mean she was just uh it, it was just a really solid performance and she didn't show any sort of rust um coming out of you know coming out of lockdown i think it will be. She is definitely going to be a dangerous player in Cincinnati in um, in the U.S. Open, and uh, you know, for me, she could. I mean, honestly, I think she could actually do some damage in this. You know, this part of the draw and go and go far because you know a lot of these players. This will be their first tournament, but because we've already had those events, you know, like in uh, Lexington and Palermo. And in uh, uh, Prague as well, you know, these players have already had match time. They've already had, uh, you know, match time on court and that might just give them a bit of an advantage. So I definitely think Jennifer Brady, I'm expecting her to to kind of carry on her, her form and, um, you know, go, go far in this tournament. So do we see her potentially actually reaching like the quarters or, or the semis? Do you think she's going to be the one to come through. She'd have to get past Sabalenka. And then I think it would be, yeah, Pliskova in, in the quarters if if so. I mean, I, I would love to see that. I would love to see her actually back up. I think it's, I think, you know, when her serve is, it, it sounds like when her serve is on form, um, she's a very tough person to, to put away. So she can kind of maintain, I think, kind of, you know, her serve, you know, her serving stats um, and go from there. I think she's going to be a very tough prospect to, to beat this week. But um, but yeah, we shall see. 
Kim Kleisters is going to be Kim Kleisters. I think we're going to know know a lot more after that match because Kim Kleisters is going to be a very tough. Obviously, we know it's going to be a very tough opposition. Exactly, and with the sort of you know the pressure of playing against a, a big name and, and all kind of eyes on you after last week's success. Um, second quarter, Naomi Osaka kind of headlines this one, um, and also Petra Kvitova. So they would be due to meet in the quarterfinals. Um, so again, that would if if they met, you know, we, they had that amazing Australian Open final last year. Um, we haven't seen anything of Osaka though for a long time. So I mean, <laughs> you could say the same for Kvitova. Um, she's played, I think, I think Kvitova played like an exhibition thing in the Czech Republic over the summer. Um, but I think either of them, you know, interesting to see how they come back onto the court. In this section, though, I personally, I'm more looking at Venus Williams because she she has come in, I think, because of, um, is it because Muguruza's pulled out? She's come in, um, or she's, she's, she's been given a wild card in. So anyway, um, She's playing Diana Yastremska, who, you know, we know is a very talented youngster from from Ukraine. I think she's actually like uh, half the age <laughs> of Venus or something <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but obviously Venus was in good good shape last week in Lexington, you know, with her new her new service motion. So I I think Venus is the favourite for that one. I, I can see her coming through that one and, and you know, would she I mean, Venus Osaka could be could be, I think. Uh, oh, that'd round. be great. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, that would be that would be really fun to see. I think Williams Yastremska. I think actually Yastremska has a two nil head to head record against Venus. So I don't know. Mm. Uh, that that would be obviously a record. Uh, Williams will want to want to get onto the board and get the win. But um, yeah, again, it would be interesting to see how. Venus Williams does on the tennis court because she looked good against she looked really good against Azarenka. She was just pipped to the post by um, Serena. And um, she, she'll, she'll. I think she'll go out there feeling like she's got to prove a point. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm back. I'm hung. I'm still hungry. You know, I'm hungry. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on my game over lockdown. You know, I've changed my strokes. She'll want to go out and prove a point in that. You know, she's still here and, and ready to make an impact. Exactly, and then uh, of course her sister uh, is headlining the third third quarter. So she's seeded the number three actually, Serena. Um, you know, as a result of everyone dropping out, she's she's been bumped up. As has Joe Conta, who would be, according to the seedings, her quarterfinal opponent. I mean, I, I'm struggling to see Joe Conta in the quarterfinals per se, uh, based on on recent form or, or lack of. Um, but yes, yeah, Serena. I think she's going to start against Van Utfank or a qualifier. So I can see her coming through that one. Um, it's just for me, all eyes on in this section. Possible third round with Coco Goff. Um, should Goff come through a first round with Sakari? Um, I, I, when I, is you, that match going to happen? Just let it happen. Just, just let it happen. I know, it's like please. it's one of those fantasy matchups. You're just kind of waiting for the you know mm. the draw to give. And yeah, I mean, I, I obviously we'd all love to see a Serena versus Goff match. And to be honest, that could that could very well blossom into, you know, a, a kind of a, a, I think it could blossom into a rivalry. We're not at that stage at the moment where, you know, is this the passing of the torch? Definitely not. But um, it certainly is a, a match that we're all ready to see because of all the, you know, the comparisons that get made between, between the two. But I mean, Goff Sakari in the, in the first round again, that is a very, that's so you know, again, yeah. Yeah. I that's mean... a very um, tough. I mean, that's a very, even split that could go mm, either way you think could. but I mean Goff did look very good in in Lexington um so you know I don't know if the fact that she's had 
you know, as I said, match practice already. You know, she's been in some battles. She's been three sets already. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, all eyes, I think, yeah, I think a lot of kind of fans are kind of got their fingers and toes crossed for uh, Serena Goff in, in round three. And then we've got Sophia Kennan as well. Um, you know, can't forget Kennan, Australian Open champion. Yeah, she's won two titles this year, actually. She won in Leon as well, just before lockdown. Um, so she's down at the bottom bit of the draw. Um, she's got Madison Keys in her section. So that could be a, a tasty quarterfinal if they, if they manage to get to that. But you've also got, you know, um, Elena Rybakina in this section. You've got, um, oh, you've got a really tasty first round, Donna Vekic against Victoria Azarenka. Um, also Sloane Stevens versus Caroline Garcia that's in this section of the draw as well not saying either of them you know based on I mean Sloane Stevens has been shocking of late but just the, the two you know there are two big names playing in the first round and I'm I know. it could be terrible tennis but it, it could be an exciting one to watch for that very reason I think that's the way I would that's the way I would exactly describe it I feel like we look at Sloane Stevens scorelines for all the wrong reasons now <laughs> for all the wrong reasons now um so who knows like who knows how that's going to go we all know that Sloane Stevens is in a terrible run of form she would want to put it right um and I mean Caroline Garcia I mean that's you, you take that as a kind of a first a first matchup so um yeah Vekic as Azarenka though is yeah definitely another sort of interesting Interesting matchup. Do you see um, Kenan? I see Kenan coming through this section. I mean, I think Kenan or Keys, you know, I think despite dangerous flavors, I think they, they are the two. Yeah. Keys is the biggest question. I think she's, yeah, you know, I think she loves playing on a American hardcore. Um, she seems to play her best tennis there. So I, I definitely think that would be, um, you know, I think that would, I'm almost kind of expecting, yeah, that to kind of go to the, go to the form book. Um, and yeah, kind of see how kind of Kenin Kenin develops because it's it's just funny to think Kenin Grand Slam, you know, Grand Slam champion. She's you know we talk about Serena Williams like number three C, but we've got to remember Kenin's probably Kenin's probably the top American. And and you know if you're looking at kind of the Grand Slams and you know who like by logic, um, you know is you know the biggest kind of prospect for. You know, American tennis, you'd probably say it's Kenin over Serena Williams. Yeah, I, I for me, I, I can see Sophia Kenin winning the US Open this year more than I can see Serena Williams doing it. So, you know, Kenin's been playing in World Team Tennis. She played in that um, event in Charleston that they did as well. So she's, she, you know, she's been getting out and about. And uh, I just, based on, you know, her start of the year as well, if she can pick that, you know, pick up where she left off, basically, I think I think she's a really you know solid option. Um, just a quick note on on British players. So Heather Watson and Joe Contra are there. Heather Watson's got Bernarda Perra in the first round, which that's a bit of a tricky one. Perra had that close match with Serena last week in Lexington, um, and if, if 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 Heather does get through this, she would then have either Venus or Yastremska in the second round. So uh, the draw has not been too kind to Heather, I would say. Um, Joe Conta though, she's got a reasonable draw. Um, she's got either Sinyakova or a qualifier in the first round. So if Joe can kind of get a chance to actually get some matches here and, and, you know, get a few wins, dare I say, under her belt, that would be, that would be something to grasp onto going into the, the US Open. Uh, let, I'm just, I'm just going to put this out now. If it does come to a Conta Serena Williams quarterfinal, I'm backing Conta in that because I always, 
I always remember. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Conta gave Serena Williams one of the worst, her worst defeats in her career? I think yeah. she she won like love and one. I know it was a few years ago now, but um, I yeah, I I, I think if that matchup ha- happens again, I'd still. I still fancy, I don't know what it is. I just feel, I still fancy Conta. I feel like she's a, you know, she is a big, she is a big game player. She likes playing the, uh, you know, the big players. I think she has a little bit more of an issue with like getting there in the, in the first place. But, um, you know, I mean, she came up against Bushkova and Bushkova again, she's a top 20. I mean, for me, she's a top 20 player in the making. I think we saw that in, uh, personally, I think we saw that in, in Lexington. So, you know, I think she got, it, that was a tougher match than I think it seemed on paper. But I think, you know, with Sinyakova or qualifiers, your first match, I, I'd like to think she'd be able to to come through that. Although, Joel, I say, you know, qualifier, you know, it's looking you know, healthy for, for Joe in the first round. <laughs> we In the qualies, we've got Shelby Rogers against Jill Teichman playing today. And, you know, they mm-hmm. both, that was a rematch mm-hmm. on a Lexington semi-final from last week. So should, uh, you know, someone get either of them in the first round, that's not an easy first round because those players are, are in form. So, um, you know, qualifiers, as we know, are not necessarily a dead cert um, to beat. Um, and yeah, also, I'd mentioned this just a bit earlier. Muguruza's pulled out of Cincinnati slash New York um, due to an ankle injury, but she's still hoping to play the US Open. So uh, one of your faves, Joel, she might she might still be there. And obviously she got to the AO final. So she's hoping, I guess, to mm. kind of re- regain that slam form from earlier in the season. Yeah, she, uh, I mean, on social, I mean, she's just literally, I think she's still in in training in Geneva. Um, yeah, it's a bit, I think it's a bit sad not seeing, you know, Muguruza there. You know, I think always you have these questions when lots of players pull out. It's a shame that players are pulling out because of um, injury and, you know, arguably, you know, Western Southern Open, it could have done with the star power of another name, another Grand Slam champion like, you know, Muguruza in the draw. I just hope that she does uh, is able to play um, the US Open, yeah. Because I think, as I said, with all these players pulling out, you know, I'm sure the organisers will want as much star power as possible. And and Muguruza is definitely one of those players that, you know, she just attracts, uh, you know, she attracts, uh, you know, eyes to a tennis court. So, you know, I'm just hoping she can she can pull through and um, you know be fit for. Uh, be fit for flashing meadows well it's exactly um and just before <laughs> we finish today joel we'll just um a word on the doubles because uh see we've got novak playing doubles at this event uh with krajanovic and zverev's in the doubles as well so there's a few singles players opting to play doubles to get as much practice on the court as possible um interestingly i think novak's playing tommy paul in the first round of the doubles and he i think he could play him in the first round of the singles as well but um yeah, Jamie Murray's obviously there with Neil Skupski. We've got Joe Salisbury with Rajiv Ram. Uh, Dan Evans is playing with with David Goffin, which is an interesting partnership. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's a great yeah. one. Like, where, where was that? How does that happen? But you know, I mean, David Goffin got to the uh, lest we forget he he got to the final of Cincinnati last year, so he loves. Uh, loves well, it's not know, the same court though, the is tournament. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, that was like on the other side of America, but um, <laughs> you know, I you know two I, you know two very similar very similar style players, I'd say actually. But um, you know, who knows? Maybe they can spring a surprise. I think. You know, the, I think really kind of you look at the draw and you're just kind of thinking, look, it's a there's quite a lot of singles players in there looking to get as much match timed match practice as possible. So they've entered to kind of both events. Maybe they have an eye potentially as well on you know the Olympics. Hopefully it will happen. The Olympics next year, 
um, you know, how, you know, um, teaming up with uh, players from their own country like uh, Novak and, and, and Kranjevic. So, no Brian brothers, though, Joel. Um, mm. Interestingly, uh, this is their retirement year, is it? Is it not? Uh, like, why, why are they? Mm. Why are they not playing? Um, it's a bit of a shame. Again, all I can go is from their Instagram. They're just like look like they're just like having a good time at home with the kind of like fam life. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a shame because we, you know, we spoke about, you know, before lockdown, they were going to go on, you know, they were going to go on a David Ferrer-esque, uh, you know, roadshow, <laughs> roadshow of retirement um, that I think would have culminated in the US Open, uh, you know, 2020 as it as it was. Um, but at the moment, well, uh, you know, it's been confirmed. They're not going to be, they're not going to be in Cincinnati. They're not on the entry list for the US Open either. So, I don't know what that means in terms of, you know, are they in retirement or because they haven't announced anything like that yet. But I don't know if, unfortunately, it, they, it, you know, whether they've been forced into retirement because of coronavirus. I hope that doesn't happen. They do get a swan song because they have been one of the best doubles, you know, doubles pairings over the last you know, two decades or so. Yeah, they are one of the greatest pairings of all time. And, you know, it's a shame not to, for them not to have a final hurrah. But um, yeah, women's doubles also happening. No draw yet, um, but we've got Sabalenka and Merton's top seeds. And then I think we mentioned this before, but Sphere Gennon's playing with Victoria Azarenka, which is a very tasty combination. I still love and it, then, I, still yeah, love I it. know, it's great, isn't it? And then McNally <laughs> and Coco Goff, um, we know that they are a very exciting young team. So um, that's all going to be happening as well. Joel, just before we finish today... Men's and women's champions. Any predictions? Oh, good <laughs> question. Uh, I am going to go. Um, uh, I want. I don't want to say Novak Djokovic, but I feel like I'm going to end up saying Novak Djokovic. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Dominic Team. I'm going to go okay. with a guy. I'm going to go with Dominic Team. Mainly, I'm putting that on the fact that he's played loads of matches already. He's got mm. loads of match practice, and I think that is going to give him a competitive advantage um, in the first tournament back. Um, so I'm expecting, I'm expecting him to do the business and, and win. Um, in terms of women, again, I think it could just be it could just be absolutely anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, uh, I'm going to go for. I mean, I quite like the idea of Kenin, but um, let's go with. I'm going to go with Serena. I'm going to go with Serena Williams. Okay. I feel like she's got to. She's got to come good at some point, and it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be now, just before the U.S. Open. Fair enough. No, I mean you've you've mentioned two players. I think I'm going to go for for my picks. I'm going to I'm going to say Djokovic. Um, I just feel like I someone's got to say him. I might as well. Um, and then Sophia Kennan, I, I think I would like to see taking the title, but we, we will see. Uh, watch this space. Um, yeah, I'm so, I don't know why Qualies is not being shown uh, on Prime. It's kind of annoying because I would have been already tuning in, but that has to wait for tomorrow uh, for the, the main draw to start up. Yes, because this is uh, the the timings are a little bit different, aren't they? Because the main draw is starting over the weekend. It's not starting on like a Monday, like any it's a like a normal weird. tournament. Yeah, route. and finals are next Friday. Is that correct? Yeah, but obviously, then the the Monday after, you know, we all know is it's the start of of a slam. So, gosh, it's been a long time coming, but it looks like it's finally happening. <laughs> it's coming. It's exciting. We've got we've got tennis back on the ATP and WTA tours. It's going to be it's going to be fantastic. And um, yeah, this kind of wraps it up for our kind of preview episode of the Western and Southern Open. Um, uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, if you have 
uh, make sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or remember to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. Spotify, Overcast, Castbot, Stitcher. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to us as well, make sure to tell your friends as well. If you've got any tennis-loving friends who need information on the upcoming uh, US Open, uh, tell them about the passing shot. And you can also follow us on social media to keep up to date with everything that's going on. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. And feel free to email us as well, passingshotpod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, send us your, your questions, your thoughts, uh, anything you'd like to hear us discuss on the pod. And yeah, we'll be happy to hear from you. Yes, and we'll be catching up on uh, all things Western and Southern Open next week. So I hope you can join us for that. And uh, yeah, make sure you can follow us, on, as Kim said, on our social media. We'll be kind of keeping people up to date uh, on the Western and Southern Open. And yeah, as a quick reminder, we will be covering the US Open. We are hopefully going to be doing our round by round format. Um, so again, hope you can stick with us for the US Open as well. Uh, but for now, uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and we'll see you next time. You know, Joel, I've been watching so much Selling Sunset on Netflix. I'm really intrigued to see the interior of Novak's private rented house. You know, I bet it's, I bet it's all zen, so he's got space for meditation. And I'm just, I, I, want, I want some photos. You just think it's like how the other half live and you're just kind of interested to see what Grand Slam champions digs are like during, during the tennis season. Well, I mean, I would stay at the Marriott. I'd be perfectly happy with that. That That's good enough for me. But, you know, if Novak wanted someone to pop round and make him a cup of tea, then I'd be there. Summer's just around the corner. So give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.